Tennessee, the Boy. volunteer state. Make sure you go to our website, musicbiz101wp.com. Sign up for that newsletter. You need to sign up for our newsletter. Follow us on the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook, at musicbiz101wp. And, of course, we have a podcast, which many of you are listening to right now, mm-hmm. and you found it at iTunes or SoundCloud, Music Biz, Ampersand, 101. No, Music Biz 101, <laughs> Ampersand, more. Music Biz 101 and more. I'm your professor, David Kirk Philp. Who are you? I am Stephen Marconi. Dr. Esteban. Yes. And so as you listen, you'll hear a student. You're going to hear a great, great person. But this was a summer class because of William Patterson, the university. So we want to thank Ashley Weltner, who's been our engineer for all of our radio shows over the past year. And she hooked us up with this tremendous technique of recording that we're doing right now. And we should give thanks. So we put our uh, hands together, legs together, eyes closed, heads down. Thanks to the folks at Van Dyne Bruno, Inc., and White Hat Management with artists like Charlie Puth, Dave Matthews, and Kith. There's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to VB CPA.com when you are ready. And we should all give thanks to Christine Vey. Oi, a wealth manager and the president of <laughs> Oi Vey Management. <laughs> Oi Vey Wealth Management. <laughs> Christine has helped many of our professionals at William Patterson the University to manage their investments and plan out for their retirement. If you're looking for some guidance on how to plan for your retirement, or if you have any questions on anything from investments and portfolio management to insurance retirement planning, give Christine a call at, repeat after me, 732. 732. 455. 455. 1510. 1510. You can also email her, Christine at Oi. They wealth. Com. And take the last oi off for savings. That's right. Many shout-outs to many different people, but don't forget Managing Your Band 6th Edition. By the time you hear this, it has been out for a year, but like fine wine, it's aging beautifully. Mm-hmm. It's a book. It's in color. It's got glossy pages. And only a few mistakes. Very few mistakes. <laughs> so you're going to love it. And always contact, contact us. Again, go to musicbiz101wp.com, and that's where you can find everything out. Again, big thanks to the Music Biz Association for having us here. Yes. And now on to La Interview. Mm. We are starting now. We have a, uh, a full 45 minutes. We Plan do. Three. We have a full 45 minutes, don't we, everybody? Nothing in response. Come on. It's going to be great. Best panel of the minute. Did you guys ever work with Jim Carrey? I do every day. (laughs) Anyway. That's how much I get paid, too. Sure. So anyway, we're we're going to look for class participation very early. I'm Dr. Marconi. Please don't confuse me with Professor... I'm your professor, David Kirk Phil from William Patterson, the University. Woo! Jersey! Okay. Jersey! Alumni. Yeah. 
Alumnus. 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 Singular. Over there, John Alumnus. Butler. There you go. Good to have you here, John. Same here, Jeff. And again, give, give a big hand, Dr. Esteban Marconi, right here. Give him some love. Make him feel loved. I told you. I'm looking for a co-host. I've been looking for a couple of years now for a co-host. So what this is, is Music Biz One and One and More Live. And this is a radio show that we do on the campus of William Patterson University. And it also becomes a podcast. This is being recorded right now. Ashley back here with the hair is recording. Say hi, Ashley. Hi, Ashley. She feels so good right now. Thank you. Ashley, you feeling good? Yeah, thumbs up. When I yell in the mic, I have to pull it away. You should have known that already by then. You think by now I'd know? Yes. So we're recording this, and it's going to be a podcast. It's going to be on the radio later on. So every single one of you will be famous. You'll all be famous and on the radio. That's right. And if one of you doesn't want to be on, what is that? It your scream out. Very easy, very easy to do. Right. Or just say a four-letter word, and we'll have to uh, right. cut you out anyway. <laughs> anyway, right. let's get started. And I think um, actually the subtitle of this is uh, "Did you know?" Yes. Okay. Great. Did you know? And I want to first introduce. I would like to introduce the panel, and I want you to just tell us your title. Okay. Let's start. We'll start on this end. With Cindy. I'm an artist, manager, and owner. Okay. So we're going to stop right there. What's your name? Catherine Hoxie. Catherine Hoxie, everybody. She made it. <laughs> Catherine Hoxie made it. Very good. So Cindy De Silva, artist manager, what do you think she does? She manages artists. Maybe what would that entail? Uh, perhaps booking, perhaps branding, uh, setting up co-writes any number of things to develop the artist and manage their career. Cindy, how close is she to that? Pretty close. I'm somewhere between a quarterback and a den mother. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna move on now for now. now we have now Rohit An Anand. Rohit Anand, yes. Yeah, so I'm the vice president of brand activation and partnerships for Dream Hotel Group. Okay. What is your name, young lady? Kirsten Little. Kirsten Little? Kirsten Little, everybody. She's here. Woo! So good to have you. So, so you heard what Rose said. Brand, what, say it again, what you do, what your title is? Vice President, Brand Activation and Partnerships. He's not a senior vice president. He's just a vice president, so he's not that good so far. At Dream Hotel. At Dream Hotel. So what do you think he does for a living? Activating the brand, making sure it's known, all elements of that. Very good. Then what's he doing here at a music convention? Yeah. So how close was she to that? Pretty close. So brand partnerships and activations for our group is essentially a, a brand positioning practice. Um, you know, music is a really important vertical of ours. So the reason I'm here and the reason that I work, you know, very hand in hand with the music industry um, is, you know, we host artists, we create content for our channels, we host events with brands, labels, um, and artists across the country, both at our properties and offsite at festivals. So, you know, it, it really is, I'd say, the, the, an important pillar of what Dream is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very interesting, isn't it? <laughs> you would never know. Okay, Shannon. Hi. I am Shannon Hatch, Vice President of Creative Services at CSAC. What's your name, young man? Justin Oranger. Justin Oranger? You guys, Justin's here! <laughs> did you hear what Shannon said? I did not. Shannon, 
One more time, say what you, what you do. I'm the Vice President of Creative Services at CSAC. What is that? CSAC is um, an organization that collects performance monies. And so as VP, I can only imagine that means a whole handful of things, including um, putting out a bunch of fires uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, representing artists um, across all their interests and songwriters for that matter, um, as well as setting the tone for leadership within the organization itself on a day-to-day -day basis. Some of these people are very good at BS. So, wow. I, I know, is right? this what you do though? Very I'm gonna good need, I'm gonna need him to write good. my job description. That was great. Um, so yeah, he's correct, all of those things. Every day is so different. Um, Cindy gets to be the quarterback slash den mother. I'm the den mother slash fun aunt from time to time. But, but yeah, there are a lot of fires that have to be put out um, and managing a team here in Nashville. And um, we're a multifaceted company now, so we have other products that we are working with. Um, but mostly my day-to-day -day is working with the writers and the artists and making sure that the royalties are being handled correctly as well as any other needs that they may have. So, yeah, fun aunt Den mother. <sighs> Lucky you. <laughs> uh, and I lastly, have to put him in timeout. <laughs> Sorry. Lastly, we have John Butler. Oh, I'm a global head of Christian music and culture for Spotify. Global head. John Butler, everybody. Global head. What is your name, my good friend? My name is Alex Cruz. Alex Cruz, the cruise line. That's right. All right. So, Alex, for $50, what do you think John Butler does for a living as a global head? He praises Jesus. <laughs> Praise the Lord, John Butler. What else? We are in Nashville. Because um, you can only do that well, in Nashville. I, I, would, I would have to say just, just promote uh, a Christian music as, as awesome as it is, and me coming from a Christian family, um, and, and making sure that the, the, the actual music is, is uh, quality uh, out there. I mean, that's where I... The end. Good job. Very good. Yeah. A close one. That's pretty close. Um, I am an interpreter uh, from a culture to a, another culture within Spotify. And also work on behalf of the artists to um, expand the reach of their messaging as well as their music. So. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. So how many of you work nine to five? I mean, you're home by six o'clock. I wish. Any of, uh, so what do you do in this business at 10 o'clock at night? Let's say, Cindy, you can start. At 10 o'clock at night, I am looking over all my reports uh, for the next day and also answering emails from the West Coast still. Mm -hmm. Putting out any fires? Putting out fires. Um, babysitting an artist who maybe is having a uh, emotional crisis, because mm -hmm. that happens at 10, 8, 10 p.m. a lot. <laughs> and, uh, and then prepping for tomorrow, because my day starts at 7 a.m. answering emails from London. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. So we're in the hospitality business, which never closes. You know, it's open 24-7. Um, you know, whether I'm receiving requests for rooms, events, uh, you know, those come around the clock. 
if I'm not doing that, I'm probably entertaining at one of our properties uh, with a potential partner um, or hosting an event. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, it would be so nice to say that I'm at home in bed every night at 10 o'clock. Um, uh, so we have writers that play shows every night during the week. We have artists that are performing. We are, and I say we, our team here in Nashville, we're out every night trying to make sure everyone is taken care of. If I'm not out, I am answering West Coast emails, and or I also am married to a songwriter, so I'm a glutton all the way around. <laughs> um, and so we don't really have a job. It's a lifestyle choice is what we, we call it, um, most of us in the music business. So it's all about music and making sure people are taken care of. I'm gonna say 24 seven, cause my boss, God, is always open. <laughs> so, so, but um, nice. I'm glad you answered that question cause I have a hard line at like five. Cause, uh, uh, well my daughter gets home from school and my wife is doing what she's doing and the whole house just explodes. So that like, there, there's like a sacred time between like five and eight, mm -hmm. right? And then my daughter goes to sleep and then my wife goes to sleep, and I'm usually like 10 to 1 in the evening and like 7 to like 5 during the day. That's pretty much it. So anytime mm -hmm. I'm not, that's not a lot of time for my wife, unfortunately. But it's a lifestyle because she's kind of in it too. Right, so. right. Okay, so when you took these, these jobs, did anyone tell you this? <laughs> that you were going not to go home and you, did you expect it? Did you... I think manager would probably be the most it I would expect. It kind most. of crept up on me, though. Mm -hmm. You know, when I started, I started because I was passionate about an artist, not because I made a conscious choice. I'm going to be an artist manager. 16 years ago when I started, I just found an artist that I couldn't stop thinking about. And so I said, I have good news and bad news. My good news is that I'm free. The bad news is I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But I can work for you. And, you know, over the years, I've made a serious plan of educating myself. And so it kind of crept up on me. Um, my kids don't didn't love it. They're fully grown now, thank God, because, you know, you can't really do this and be a, I mean, it's harder. It's harder being mm -hmm. a manager because you're sure. constantly on call. But, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle choice that you sometimes make uh, slowly and it becomes like a default mode, and then you're just always on call. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. the way it works. Mm -hmm. Anybody else wanna chime in? Did you expect I this mean, when you... So my, my founder has a saying, which is, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And uh, I think you have to have passion. It, like, you know, like they're all saying up here, it is a lifestyle. Um, you know, I never feel like I'm on the clock or off the clock. It's just me being me and, and you know, contributing to my organization. and. Uh, and yeah, you know, if you, if you take that approach, it, it really, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's, um, you know, with the, the creative staff that we have here in Nashville, it's not something, I can't make them go out and, and, but at the same time, it's part of what's expected from all of us in the creative community. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's what we do and it, it is 24 seven. And if it's not something that you, you, if you see yourself in a nine to five position, then maybe you need to, pick a different industry. Yeah. But I've, I've got a three-year-old and a five-year-old and, and the balance is something that is, it's, it's, it, that's work on top of it. So mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, when I pick my kids up from school, I try to spend a, you know quality time with them, and then I go turn around and go back out, and they're like, are you going to your second job, Mom? I'm like, well, it's really just all the same job. So we're clear. I don't want them to think I'm doing something else outside of that. So. Right. But yeah, no, it's, it's not anything that I thought about. It's just what we all did coming up in the business. I don't really have any sage advice other than I, I, think, it's I think it's healthy to have boundaries. Um, so I've learned to be better about setting boundaries. Like I'll say no to tons of things. You say no. I say no to tons of things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I but I have to learn. I right. To no, no, no. But I say yes to the things that are worth saying yes to. So when when now it's like now when I say yes to something, you know, people know that it's a real deal. So, so I've established a different way of work. But mm -hmm. uh, it's still crazy and it's awesome and I love it. I wouldn't trade it. So, don't don't get freaked out. You just got to manage your time. Okay, I got another question. What would, think about this a second, what's the, uh, what's the one thing you do that would surprise the audience through, I mean, in your regular job? Maybe not in the job description, not, um, I'm sure management's the easiest one to, to answer than this, but is there something that you do that, boy, I never expected I'd be doing this when I signed up for it, and et cetera, et cetera. I never expected to write a book. Mm -hmm. But yet, you do things, again, sometimes because there's no one else to do it. So yeah, I wrote a book last year. I put it out. It's about the zombies. And, and most of it is actually, it's a co-write with them. They, mm -hmm. they actually, all four living members also wrote um, and told stories in their own words. But, but yeah. If somebody had asked me, would you be writing a book? No, I, I never expected that. Mm -hmm. Quick question for the audience. Cindy manages a band called The Zombies. Who in the room, a lot of younger people in the room, who in the room have heard of the band The Zombies? And for ra our radio listeners, a lot of people are raising their hands. Not too bad. Right, if we were on TV, everybody would be able to see it and I wouldn't have to right. say anything about it, but this isn't television or Facebook Live or Instagram Live or. So imagine being a den mother to 73 year olds. It's kind of fun. <laughs> I get to push them around a little, tell them what to do. Yeah. They're my best children, too. They listen. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why I hang out with Marconi. Yeah, it's, they're tired. <laughs> Anyone else? Sure. Yeah, so, you know, when I, I joined this company eight years ago, and it was just when social media was becoming, you know, a, a form of business. And, um, you know, we launched a, a series called Dream Sessions where we actually interview artists and musicians um, and we put that up on our channels. And, you know, I, I, it's interesting to me, I, you know, I joined a hotel company and I never thought that I'd be at the other end, you know, asking Reverend Run questions or Diplo or Pusha T. And, you know, these are just kind of crazy experiences to be a part of. Um, and, you know, you know I, I just never envisioned that being part of what I would be doing. For me, it, I came from a, a public relations background, but I was out and liked to see the writers and the artists and was realizing the publishers and studios and, and it looked at all the liner notes back when we had liner notes on a lot of, of, of albums. So, you know, when I started at CSEC and I've been there for 16 years, I was mostly country music focused. And now I get the opportunity to deal with all different genres of music. But I guess one of the things that I didn't expect that I would be doing is, you know, doing analysis of earnings and spreadsheets. So I wish I'd have paid a lot more attention early on to that because I had a little learning curve to catch up on. But it's actually really fun to be able to use both 
left and right sides of the brain? I didn't think I was going to have to teach as much as I do, uh, as well as listen as much as I like to talk. <laughs> so that's, those are two things. And then the other thing that I, I surprisingly have to do a lot is that I have, to, I have to reassure people that it's okay to listen to Christian music if you're not a Christian. That's mm. Mm. How hard is that, though? Um, I think it actually, for some people, is kind of a tough, tough thing to get over. But it's great music, you know, just... So, so what do you do? Do you have strategies to... Because, well, let's, let's go back. So you were Spotify, and you're involved in the curation of Christian-themed music uh, playlists on Spotify. Yeah, that's pretty broad, and that's, right. about, that's how I like it, right? Because, like, you can get really specific on that. But So when I said before that I was an interpreter, so I work for a company that's clearly, like, agnostic, but not necessarily agnostic from a religious standpoint, agnostic about everything, right? So, um, but our music has a particular worldview and a, and a way of life and a lifestyle, right? So I have to make sense for the creative community for them to speak into a culture-facing organization. So I have to be able to understand both sets of languages on one side that may not necessarily want to be part of culture or would like to see culture change significantly more so than the agnostic company does. Um, so I have to kind of be a balance in between those two things and understand both languages so that um, No, actually that I knew that I was going in to do that. I wanted that job um, But as far as like understanding how much I have to educate is is uh, is more than I thought that I was going to do so And you're educating consumers to listen to the playlist? No, the consumers are not the problem. It's the industry <laughs> so. who, who in the industry is it the artists all of us? <laughs> Our categories, our genres, our boxes. Mm -hmm. This is a long conversation. We don't want to do it in this thing. Do people in the audience have, have questions? Because we uh, are allowed to go and let you guys ask a question or two. Here we go. Hold on. What's your name, sir? My name is Matt Johnston. Uh, for Cindy uh, Sylvia, working with the zombies, like when did you come on and start like working with them? Because they've been around for like a long time. So I've been working with them for almost five years now. Okay. Yeah. So is it like mainly like the new album that you've been like like overseeing and stuff? No, like that? actually, I oversee everything. You know, the, the thing is with the zombies because they broke up in 1968, mm -hmm. before their album even made it, uh, before their before time of the season even became a hit. There's a lot of things that haven't been exploited, explored, you name it. So it's been like a black, a really great blank ca canvas for me. I went back and did their very first music video. I took them to South by Southwest for the very first time and introduced them to a younger demographic. In fact, um, we changed in the last five years, we've changed their audience. Um, it used to be 50s, 60s, 70 year olds across the board as you would expect. Now 50% of the audience is between the ages of 20 and 40 which is huge. Um, we've also, uh, you know, done things like launched their very first merchandise line, gotten them licensing deals, things that have never, and, but a lot of that is for the 60s material. And, and then, you know, of course, they get so many sinks. So that kind of regenerates. So I, pretty much our job, me, I say our job because it's me and my partner, we, we look at their whole picture and, and decide, you know, what they need to do next, but not necessarily just with their new albums. Also, you know, do we need to do a greatest hits? Do we need to do a box set? What do we need to do? 
how do we uh, get them inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And if you guys ever figure that one out, let me know, because, yeah. Well, thank you. It's uh, interesting to me, though, that a group as popular as the Zombies didn't have any of that going on. Uh, it's just amazing that they've, you're talking about their merch. And no, they never had anything but a live show. Now, the thing that matters is they have a kicking live show. You're not seeing an oldies band. You're not seeing a washed up. Um, you're seeing energetic, phenomenal players that are st still playing every song in its original key, still singing, you know, like better, sounding better than they did in the 60s, and that helps a lot. So now when you, when you create like a cool image around it, like, you know, what would you want to see visually attached to that? We just did a, a tour last year um, for Odyssey and Oracle to celebrate their 50th, their, their, the 50th anniversary of their biggest album. And one of the things that we did was we created original art. And then I remember talking to um, this uh, animator and saying, okay, now can we take this art and create a vi like a, sh a visual show that would be somewhere between um, Yellow Submarine and The Wall. And, you know, we achieved it. The videos are there. You can check them out on YouTube. They were playing behind our show, and it added a whole other dimension to their live performance. But it's always about the music for them. It has to be note for note perfect. And they're, they're you know, you start with a really good product, you get to exploit it in very fun ways. I have to figure out how to like condense this. As far as all of you, you know, being invested in your time, like going, I, I was just even on going and seeing um, artists, you know, every day or so frequently. Is there like a filtering process? Like, do you pursue talent? Do you wait for it to kind of come to you? And again, especially when it's so saturated. I mean, how? I guess with those relationships and things like that. Again, is it just kind of like you wait for the flower to blossom and then that's when it matters? Or again, are you pursuing talent? I don't know, I'm just trying to think when you're seeing it so consistently. Yes. Okay, is the answer. Like having people at your hotel, like working, you know, with the PRO and the events that you have, having Spotify playlists, like, I don't know, it's just a lot of music. So, but yes, do you it, pursue it, it? It is a lot of music. Um, uh, sometimes we are taking care of people that have been at CSAC for a long time by going out and seeing their shows. Sometimes, so we're, you know, servicing our existing roster. Sometimes we're looking forward to um, strategic development of our, our roster going forward, and we're trying to figure out ways that we can, um, you know, grab writers and artists that are having success. Um, a lot of it is relationship-based, especially here in Nashville. Um, you know, if a manager reaches out to me and says, "I've got this really great artist that I want you to see," you bet your ass I'm there. Oh, you bet I'm there. <laughs> you could you could say that. Just one. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be on the radio, so we talked all about F-bomb dropping <laughs> and non-dropping of the F-bombs. and That, that wasn't an F-bomb. No, that was the A-bomb. <laughs> <Right. laughs> uh, may, may I ask a trivia question of the audience? So Shannon works for CSAC. Can anybody explain how CSAC connects to Spotify, Dream Hotel, and an artist? Yes. Okay. Let's see how well she knows her pro. So... CSAC is a pro, which means that it's, so basically if someone writes a song and someone else performs it, 
then they have to give royalties to the person who wrote the song and the artist. Is that right? Ish. Am I on the right track? Okay. Um, Keep going. Yeah. So it's kind of uh, when someone writes a song, according to copyright law, they have six exclusive rights to their intellectual property, and one of those exclusive rights is performance and performance by digital, uh, like digital performance, aka videos, whatever. So if someone does a cover or um, a live show, a cover during a live show, they have to pay a certain amount of money to the artist, the songwriter, and the PROs kind of handle that. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, I worked for BMI. I was a licensed and sales okay. representative. Um, so as a songwriter, even if you're performing your own original music out, that's still going to get you royalties. Uh, but yeah, so if you're a songwriter, you go register with the PRO. They're going to track basically the... D oh, actually, should I answer? I should let her. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're connecting all you're three because really we have the artists. So if it, <laughs> let's say the zombies are, connect are signed with CSAC. Who are the zombies signed with? Do you know? BMI. Okay, BMI with... Amy Zimmerman of Zimmery, her thing. But so the zombies write a song, and let's say there was CSAC. The song is performed at a dream hotel in the lobby. Right. As songwriters, they will earn a public performance royalty. Right. Every time we stream that song on one of John's contemporary... No, no, on our co-branded dream hotels playlist. There, like there we go. That every, every time you stream a song on Spotify, that is a public performance. So once again, we're talking about public performance, and if you're the songwriter, uh, let's say you're the zombies, each time these things happen, you're generating revenue. Right. All because of Shannon, thank you. Can we give Shannon a hand for making money for everybody? <laughs> Shannon will be cutting checks for everyone yeah. later. Yeah. <laughs> Wait in line and hold your breath afterwards, okay? Well, I just wanted her to know the other songwriters too. Like, you don't have to pay, I guess for cover, you would have to pay some mechanical and stuff, but as far as the songwriting, like Dream Hotel has to pay. Like they're the ones that get a license so that people can come in and play other people's music. Venue, yeah. So actually, Roe is going to cut a check Rose as well. So for yeah. example, so oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you I'm so sorry. Please. So our band, Hollis Brown, right? We have a, a smaller band that we are promoting. Um, they would do a license with, they did a license with John Barbados, right? Where he used it for his shows. But let's just say it was with Roe instead, you know, with Dream Hotels. So then CSAC would pay um, the artist for all that they did. Roe would pay the artist. Roe would pay CSAC. And hopefully Spotify would be paying attention and putting us all on their playlist as well. That's right. Okay. That's right. Yeah. There you go. We, we use several vendors in our properties that curate the playlist based on our direction. And the fees to the artists are baked into that monthly fee. So something that came up recently, there was an article, I think it was in Billboard, was about branded playlists on Spotify. In the past, I used to work for the Universal Music Group, and we would, I uh, was with the division called Universal Music Enterprises, we would put together compilation CDs, for example, with Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And we would have to clear the rights to those songs with the artists or with their management to get it on the CD so that it could be sold in Starbucks stores. The difference now is and tell me if I'm wrong, Ro, if you do a, play, a Dream Hotel playlist and you put it on Spotify, you or somebody who works for you guys is just putting that together, creating it with your own account. Yeah, so and we, put up we, on have, we have a Dream Hotel's branded Spotify playlist, actually. Um, and we'll curate that you know, based on cultural events and seasonally. And uh, 
it's pretty seamless. We we pay Spotify a fee for you know for the membership, but we're not paying licensing. Right. So you're not getting permission from any artist to no. do it. The difference here is in the old days, if it was Starbucks, the artist would get a guarantee. So we would say we're going to generate. Uh, we're going to manufacture twenty five thousand units of this CD. It's going to go in all the Starbucks nationally, and each artist is going to get a guarantee of maybe let's say ten thousand dollars. Now. It's actually, because it's going to be played on Spotify, it's every time it's played, there's going to be a portion of a penny that's going to be generated that's going to somebody. Right. But is this all correct, John Butler of Spotify? Man, you're, you're not dealing with the numbers guy. Um, I think that's pretty accurate, though. So. Yeah, from my understanding, that's accurate. Because Thank you, used you, to, you used to have, I got your back, don't worry, buddy. You used to have a, a CD that you could buy at a Starbucks store, too. So that's, you know, a big difference now. It's more about exposure from the playlist and the co-branding opportunities that are created for the artists and the songwriters, um, and primarily the artists there. But that, yeah, that, that is, yes, again. So I just saw a sign, and we have about five minutes left. I'm going to ask an, another question. And that is, where do you see your individual jobs going within the next five or ten years? And what are the qualifications, uh, the qualities and qualifications someone's going to need to get to take a job like you have? They're going to have to know everything. <laughs> That's it. We're wrapping it up. <laughs> So, you know, my group, we are, are, we have, I think, five properties in the pipeline um, within the next five years. One actually here in Nashville, um, Dallas, Palm Springs, Chicago. So, you know, my, my role, I'm going to have to grow a team and because uh, I can't oversee all of those properties on a day-to-day -day basis. And, uh, you know, my, my role and group is unique because I don't necessarily need someone that has hotel experience. Sometimes it helps, you know, but I, I would prefer to get someone that, has some entertainment experience, some music experience, some art experience um, that can come into the team and, and help curate those experiences actually on property. Well, right now, I, I've been, at, like I said, 16 years at CSAC, and we are a performing rights organization, and I started off handling country music, and now I handle all different types of music, and CSAC is a multifaceted company. We have CSAC Holdings that owns CSAC, that um, CSAC Holdings also owns CCLI, HFA, Rumblefish, and Mint. So it's moving more into a music rights organization, and I, I really believe that that's a great place for um, all rights to be collected for the copyright owners and holders. So I think it's going to take somebody that knows a lot of details about multifaceted rights in the future. My job is going to grow into finding and developing more um, outside U.S. Uh, uh, cultivators of culture and curators, a lot of C words there, um, but uh, curi yeah, exactly. uh, curators in different parts of the world that are interested in faith-based music, um, whether or not it's Christian or other faiths as well. Um, and I will grow, I hope to grow into more leadership roles in terms of addressing sort of issues that come up within culture, within our, our organization, um, and how to work with other cultures within our organization. So I've become an ambassador. Yeah. Will, will you also expand into more than just Christian music? Well, yeah. I mean, actually, our playlist contain artists who are not Christian. 
Um, it's not about the artist, it's about the music and the content. Some people are writing content that's consistent with a Christian worldview. That doesn't necessarily mean that they've committed themselves to Christ. That's not the most important thing. I hope some, that happens. Do you but, have somebody yeah. like uh, in, in the Middle East, somebody who's dealing with uh, music that would be considered more of a, of a Muslim theme, for example? Yeah, or, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're actually, uh, culture-wise, uh, we're building playlists as well as experiences where people of all different religions uh, can come in and enjoy music that edifies their faith. I think that's really important. Edify on Spotify <laughs> with John Butler. You hey. got a job. <laughs> Cindy. I believe that, um, in fact, um, we just had a meeting about this last week in New York, but I believe that the manager's role is going to change um, significantly in the next five years. It's, it's more about creating a, a, a partnership with the clients, you know, um, which is why, you know, a lot of times people hit me up and, and, and they haven't really looked into what it, kind of music I work with. You have to your relationship with your manager is pretty much the closest thing you have to a marriage in this industry, you know? Your, that's your spouse. It's your go-to person. It's your, they have your back. So you have to really pick and choose carefully. And also, because of the, the way that things are changing so much financially in the music business, I do believe we're actually gonna be partners with our clients and um, kind of take the risk as well as enjoy the profits all across the board, which we kind of already do, but I think it'll take a different, a little bit of a different um, dynamic at the end. So. And your job has already changed because you guys have just opened an office. You've been based in northern New Jersey and you've just opened an office in New York City. Yeah, we're there three days a week and then two days out in the country, because why not? <laughs> I have one final, final question, one minute. Could anyone uh, sort of uh, think about what course or what subject you wish you had in college that would have helped you in this job now? Psychology, sociology? Well, my minor was psychology, and I've used it more than my major. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Accounting? Mm -hmm. Finance and accounting, for Definitely sure. Definitely finance. Yeah. Uh -huh. Law. Anyone else? I think partnerships is you know something that's evolved throughout time, and and specifically in in entertainment. So you know maybe a, an entertainment focused partnership class. Mm -hmm. I think a, like a workshop on thinking outside the box is one of the most important things that Great. one of the most valuable things you can get. Mm -hmm. I think this panel has been one of the most valuable things since Peace Pulpit. Yes, we have a hand for the panel. And hand. Thank you all for coming. We have a sign that we have to leave now. So I want to thank the thank moderators, you. too. Yeah, you, did get, you guys did great. Anytime I do a panel, I want you all there. <laughs> I couldn't do it without my co-host. Cindy Detail Silva, Ro Anand, Shannon Hatch, John Butler, one more big hand. Woo! We love you. Good night.
Say, Dave, what do Paul Sinclair from Atlantic, Tom Hefter from Ticketmaster, Rosie Lopez from Tommy Boy, and Heather Ellis from Pandora all have in common? They're all big wigs in the music and entertainment industry, Esteban. And? They all hate warm beer. And? They've all been guests on the Music Biz 101 and More radio show at 8 o'clock on Wednesday nights. Bingo. If you want to learn more about the music and entertainment biz, tweet in a question and tune in every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock to Music, music Biz 101 and more on Brave New Radio. Radio.